You're listening to Voyager Podcast, a show for discovery in Web3 culture, music tech, and futurism. I'm your host, Nick Hollins. You can find our website at voyagermedia.xyz. On the show today, Shartan Rumsfeld, based in Norway. He's an independent consultant and teacher working with people to experience healing in their lives across all areas from the psychological, emotional, and social to the professional, physical, and spiritual. He has more than a decade in this field and has achieved major transformations in his own life. In this episode, we'll hear stories about Shartan's experiences, such as working on oil rigs off the coast of Norway, to five years in a monastery, helping to establish Artesia in Thailand, and what he's learned along the way. Working with Balaj, one of the world's foremost tattoo artists, taking clients through transformational experiences together. Shartan is a good friend of mine, and we've been on many adventures around the world. He pays close attention to crypto and the Web3 space, and back when it was possible to be traveling for conferences and meetups, quite often we were doing that together. In this conversation, we delve right into tools for mindset, being present and centered, letting go of programs and beliefs that are holding you back and no longer serving you. This call was recorded in June 2020, right in the midst of the pandemic lockdowns. Welcome to the show, Shatan Rumsfeld. This has been a long time coming. We like spoke about doing this at least a year ago, um, possibly in New York at the time. So it's finally happening. Yeah. I think we actually spoke about this back when we were at uh, Africa Burn in 2018. That was the first time and then we didn't get to it. Uh, yeah, so we got to it now. That's amazing. <laughs> We've essentially done a whole lot of podcasts in hanging out in many places over the last couple of years, many, uh, many amazing conversations. Um, but how are you doing man? What's going on? What have you been up to uh, the last few months? Interesting question. I'm, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing really good. I've, I've, uh, I was, I'm fortunate enough to have picked the country lottery of living in Norway. Um, so a lot of the, you know, a lot of the countries had lockdown and, and like really like severe restrictions and, um, Norway has a population, population of people that are very, um, well behaved <laughs> and trust their government. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been easy here compared to what I hear from, from other countries. Like I heard a friend of mine who lives in Oman, he was telling me about his, his friend who lives in Dubai that they have, like, they have two hours, uh, they have two hours a week or like four hours a week where they can, they get a slot to go to a specific shop where they can go shopping. Otherwise they just got to stay indoors. So, um, I've had a good quarantine. Um, it's been interesting. Um, just, you know, all the, all the information that you get and, and like anything that's out there, it's very like negatively skewed towards how bad things are. And, um, and so it's really been this like, revving up of like being even more attentive to my own mind and and to really you know it's like when when everything is is great in the world and the economic and the, the economy is moving great and you know the news articles and the just the general mindset of everybody you kind of like okay this is easy but as soon as like things shift into more of a panic mode and lockdown mode and and like fear uncertainty and doubt then it's it becomes even more the individual's responsibility to kind of train the mind and and to like like you know interrupt the negativity and to to like get present really and um so for me this has just been like an, a deepening of what i've practiced for the last been like 15 years now since i started meditation and, and you know like my time at the monastery and and these things to like like deepen into it now you know because it's like the the default world outside is antsy <laughs> and so you kind of like you gotta like bring your own i guess peaceful outlook on life into into a, a world that's well like we are currently living 
So um, it's it's kind of uh, it's been an astonishing few months as something to live and experience. And when you're reading that, you know, we haven't seen a quarantine on this scale since perhaps the early 20th century. And for it to be happening now, uh, yeah, kind of amazing to see all of these things shut down, uh, like sports and all these regular, like what is almost like data inputs of things happening in the world, live events, large concerts and festivals and gatherings of people and all this kind of stuff. So surreal for that to switch off. Yeah, right. And all the, the like the dopamine stimulus is, is removed. And, and so all the feel good, all the like the stimulus that makes people feel good and excited about the future and this stuff, it's all just like shut down. <laughs> so and, it, and it's not it's not so much just uh, just like a local event because we have like we're in the digital age. So it's like it's easy to get information or I don't know. Well, it depends on the news outlet, but you get some sort of information from all over the world. But you know, we can discuss if that's curated or not. But uh, that's not that's not really my forte <laughs> to judge. <laughs> I think that's like an interesting thing to note on that this experience that's happening is kind of changing our brain chemistry because the input is different. And if that's people not being able to get outside and move around as much, um, but I guess I hadn't thought too much about the brain chemistry that happens from being one-to-one -one social and in contact with other people. Certainly for me, that's been one of the strangest things. And I don't live in a city anyway, and I don't have that much overwhelming human contact most of the time. But even I was noticing like, this is weird, man. I haven't been within a few feet of someone for a couple of weeks, you know, back when. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also, it's like the messages that are going out. It's like, you know, it kind of trains your mind into being very suspicious of everybody else because you don't know who's carrying something that can potentially kill you. And, and I think just, just that in itself is it's, it's very unhealthy if, if it's not checked, like if it's not checked in the mind, that's like, okay, yes, be careful, but you don't have to, to the point where you are actively pushing away people and isolating yourself in fear. And I've, I'm saying this because I have, I have someone that I know that's reacted to this whole um, pandemic in the way where he's really, everyone is bad and dangerous and, and got to get away from that. So it's, it is again, like I said before, it's so important to, to, to like check, check my own mind and to really investigate all of the, you know, noise that's going on there. That's, that's usually the, it's really, really the same noise that's always going on. But in this case, it's, it's not skewed in a positive way of, you know, future excitement. Now it's like all future potential threat and danger. And, and I think it's such a golden opportunity now to, to use this time to really like investigate the normal functionings of how, how, I generally have trained my mind to to kind of get into a better outlook of life in general, you know, so that I'm not so dependent on this constant external stimulus, but I can like cultivate a positive experience inside. Maybe we could start uh, with the story of uh, uh, when you came to, to join the monastery, uh, what guided you to do that and what was your experience like? Well, yeah, what was my experience going into the monastery? Yeah, I mentioned that before. Um, so at, at the time when I, I was kind of like, you could say in my seeking prime <laughs> in my early twenties, I, uh, I was working offshore on oil rigs. I, um, you know, I made a lot of money. I had like status and work and all this was great education and a girlfriend and, and all these things. And you know, every, everything that you could like hope for in a worldly, you know, worldly perspective of everything's great. I had that in place. And, and yet inside I was, I was very unfulfilled and very, uh, I was bored at the age of some 20 something and had all this amazing stuff going on, but I was really bored inside. And, and like, you know, it was just like looking for a deeper experience of life. And, and so through a series of, I'll just call them unfortunate events that caused me 
um, a quite a bit of upset in my life where, you know, my girlfriend cheated on me and all this stuff was happening. And, you know, it's like, I didn't handle it the way that I knew it's possible to handle, but I also did not have any tools or, or really like strong insights on this. And so my mother had studied a, a book called A Course in Miracles and found this teacher that really uses this and introduced me to him. And, and he had formed a monastery around these teachings that kind of he integrated through the Course in Miracles and then, and then kind of like his, his insights based on that. And um, this is a monastery in Utah. And, and um, so I went there. I think like at the age of 24 yeah i think i was 24 at the time and and you kind of like you have this normal idea of like you're going into a monastery you get a bowl of rice and you sit down and meditate <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like what you what you come into it with but it's definitely not what we're doing there this was more of a you know it's it's this was a place to to like in like join in projects, whatever the projects were to uncover limiting beliefs in your mind, to share the pressure, like kind of like share the thoughts that are there to depressurize the mind and release these limiting beliefs. So that was uh, first, first period I was there was for six months and we, we worked about five, uh, five days a week um, on construction projects. And, and then during the day, you just kind of like, you know, the stress of needing to do everything right starts getting really apparent in the mind. You know? And you're like, okay, I can see I'm stressing about all this stuff of doing it right. And, and you start uncovering really what's going on here. Like what's going on in the mind that I'm pressurizing myself to the, like, I need to get it right. I need to get it perfect to uncover these underlying beliefs that really like, I'm not good enough unworthiness and, and these things to like, let them come up and, and, so that they're not like denied in the mind, but to let them come up and to, and to be faced and to give them some air to breathe. And um, so that was a interesting, intense process of like really diving into my mind and, and like coming to a level of clarity of what was really causing my experience. Because it's, it's so easy to say, you know, my girlfriend cheated on me. That's why I'm angry. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm angry because of the interpretations and the rules I've set up in my mind that is causing me this upset, you know, and, and we can say that, oh, this is easy to see at an intellectual level. Yes, this makes sense. But when, the, when it re gets really intense, that's when it's hard to kind of shift the mind back into taking full responsibility of the perception. And, and so like this time at the monastery is really a, a boot camp and taking responsibility for my own mind and, and pulling my perceptions back into the root cause in my mind, rather than staying so fixated on the situation on the screen. And, and, you know, you're like, you kind of, after six months of doing this, you kind of get a neck for it, you get some peace and you're like in an, in a closed container environment with everybody's practicing the same way, taking responsibility for their mind. There's no blame going on. So it gets really energetically clean, you know, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then like, okay, I'm going to go back, work offshore, pay off the rest of my student debts and dive into this. And then, you know, I came back to this and that, when I really saw like, wow, I have so much I need to practice here, you know, to, to really, to really live this, this experience that I had in the monastery to transfer that out into the, what a lot of people call the default world, you know, where people are functioning from blaming the environment, blaming each other, blaming the economy, blaming the coronavirus, blaming whatever for their upset, you know? And so this, I think at the time, yeah, like 24, turning 25 um and but i had the foundation to 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 train my mind and and so i i, I really like when i find something i like like probably like you and and a lot of the listeners here is like when you find something you like that you burn for you're going to go all in and and this was this was one of those things for me where it's like okay i can train my mind to 
to not be under the influence of of like being dictated by an external force of what my internal experience is. And, and so I had the, I had the tools for this. I had the, I had the context and the framework and the foundation to, to, to really like dive deeper into this experience. And um, yes, I spent, I spent years just integrating this, you know, it's like finding all of the places in my life where there was incongruency or where there was, you know, still some attempt of blaming the world rather than, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> what's my perception? Okay, what are my thoughts here? What are my beliefs? What am I feeling? Okay, cool. So that's the cause of this, like these, and it really boils down to a, a self-concept. Like, who is it that I want to portray myself to be either better than or worse than other people, whatever, and to be so attached to this identity rather than it's like, oh, well, this is also just a possibility that I'm not tied into being. And, and this is really like, this is really the core of, of this to, you know, rather than experience yourself as a separate individual that has a certain self-concept that we define in a certain way and compare to other self-concepts, it's really like this, you know, what, what, what Buddhists uh, talk about, like, like the true self. Or, or, you know, it's like this observer perspective of, of life. And, and to allow yourself to get into a state of mind like this is, it is such a, such a gift and such a beautiful, like, presence because you're no longer so, like, attached to, to, an, to an outcome in the future or trying to fix a past. You're actually just present and being here now it's and this opens all the doors you know because it's then you're actually paying attention to what life has to offer you and serve and 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 you can come and show up in service to an experience really and uh, I, I feel like this directly is is like how how i met you at at africa burn and and you know it's just like this for me, this was a long string of experiences of meeting people and paying attention to the right things that got me to on the playa. And then Nick Collins walks in. You're like, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, kind of a perfect way to meet. It's been, I guess, a bit over two years since we met uh, on the playa. I think we met pretty much at the first night when there was a party at the camp. Uh, and stuff and ended up having a very interesting week yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think we're like we're standing on like we're we built this camp for these like 72 first time burners including myself i had never been to a burn before and and we had like the opening night party and then i think we were like standing on the edge of the party kind of like looking being the observer of the party and then uh standing next to you it's like oh yeah, wow there's another guy who's like able to just observe the whole thing and not just, you know, disappear into la la land, which I think is also easy for people that, that are on the burn and under the influence of the amazing art. Let's just call it that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Easily, easily the most surreal week um, I've ever experienced. Um, some of those large actual burn nights where fire was happening and we're venturing across a completely Martian landscape at night with like alien embassy looking tents and yeah and, and like 12 different DJ stages going simultaneously yeah yeah absolutely surreal I think like a lot of people explain or like when they share their experience of of being at a burn like Burning Man or Africa Burn or any of the regional burns it's, it's such a different experience for them because it, it cuts them out of their normal day-to-day -day reality and people just automatically get really present. And, and so, and then through this experience of being really present, they start paying attention to these, like these little nuances that we normally miss that take you on this journey of synchronicity, like the people you meet and how you show up and like you're thinking about someone and then they show up. And, and I, I think this is like, that's really the the magic that that like a a burn like this can can bring people but what i what i kind of find a little bit sad is that 
people that are long-time burners it's it's almost like you can only have this experience at a burn you know and then rather than looking at like what is the mechanism that is causing me to have this amazing experience at a burn and what do i do in the quote-unquote default world it's it's like this question is not asked to the point of like i'm getting really present okay well if getting present is the key what is causing me to be distracted from the present moment and all these time thoughts all these agendas and being so attached to them and making them vital for life so to speak to not like live present in the moment you know and then i think also for people that the thought comes in it's like well if i'm if i'm not thinking about the future then how do i attain goals you know and um i think i think like for me it's it's not an either or it's just really how you how you navigate um your time space journey so to speak um to rather than you know stressing about the future always missing the present moment it's it's like when you're present you you become aware of the possibilities and the opportunities and and it's always like a present saying yes to a trajectory that you can kind of sense you kind of get the energy of where this will take you but you don't know necessarily the specifics and and for me it's it's always been even greater than i thought it would be uh when i first got a sense for the possibility i felt like hanging out um at africa burn and where we were like everybody's phones are disconnected so you cut off from all of that and it felt kind of similar or a throwback to when you're at high school and there's sort mm -hmm. of there's no stakes you're all just hanging out in the playground basically and you yeah. got nowhere you need to be and it's great and ne neither does anyone else yeah uh my high school experience was a little bit different but i hear what you're saying yeah <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's it. There's no, there's no, it's like, there's nothing to lose and everything to be gained. That's, that's kind of what, what, what I see the, what my sense of this like burning man experiences. Some of the, some of the coolest times as well was when, you know, we ended up doing, you know, packing down the whole camp and shoving it into vans and driving it off across the desert to some, you know, place in the middle of nowhere to like leave this stuff in, you know, I, I should say we didn't leave stuff in the middle of nowhere. There was a structure that was actually a place, but all, all the stuff that was kind of the hardest graft and stuff is some, you know, and, and driving whatever it was four hours across that completely um, sort of beat up dirt road, like super wavy, bumpy dirt road the whole way back. Um, yeah. All, all of those things, like the effort it takes to get out there mm -hmm. and set that stuff up is like, yeah. is kind of what makes yeah. it so uh you know sounds naff but like communal and kind of real like a real thing that you're doing yeah yeah exactly and and you like you you have to pay attention to the details you have to be present and and you're kind of there with the other people to to curate a a joint experience and and so it's like the whole attention is on this moment and with the people that you're with and and this creates such a like a a deep level of of like intimacy with the moment you know you're just so present there that they like for me i didn't want to be anywhere else and i actually just i just met a woman a week before that and, and you know i was like okay well <laughs> i'm going here into the desert and i'm not going to be able to speak with her and, and all this stuff but like this focus on what's present and what's around me like who is here and what are the possibilities that i have for me now it's it's like when everybody's living in that then it just becomes so powerful and 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 like i think one of the reasons why this is like coming up in this conversation too is is i think people are like after this like the first kind of like phase of this pandemic like people are beginning to like they had to like everybody had to slow down and now people are beginning to again see what's actually important it's like oh the, the communication with loved ones i miss that and when i have it i feel enriched and then let me be there for this i i think that is like one of the kind of like the the positive outcomes of a situation that we have now where where people just like you know you get back to what's actually important 
and 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 then and being in that experience you know rather than you know the stakes being so high and needing to be other places and so you never have time for for really the things that can actually give you so much value in your in your day-to-day -day experience it's it's been this inverse of looking back to a couple of years ago when we're in Africa and, and that time and, and, and from then until quite recently, it was a, a couple of years of quite a lot of growth and movement and somehow me and you ended up catching each other in, in multiple different countries every few months for <laughs> yeah. a while there. Like, uh, yeah. and that seemed to accelerate certainly uh, there was Africa and, and then I guess was, uh, then you came out to Australia. Thailand. Yeah, well. it was Africa. Was it Africa? And then I went to Thailand, but we met again in Australia. And then yep. the next time we met was in Thailand and New York and Norway. Was that it? Or was it? Yeah, I believe that. Uh, yes. Thailand, Thailand twice. Kind of, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, um, kind of an amazing time maybe we could we could talk a little about that and then i'm interested to uh get into some stuff you've been doing lately um mm -hmm. but yeah i mean basically we came out and, and stayed um for a while at at artesia in in thailand maybe you can share a little about what that whole space is like and potentially the you know how you met uh, kevin mendoza and that whole kind of you know, physical project in space got happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Kevin Mendoza. Um, so what I was saying before is after I, after I kind of left the monastery, you had a, I had a framework and a, a baseline for, 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 you know, getting myself into the present moment and staying there, not just as a, like a, an, an and experience that happens from time to time, but more of a sustained experience. And like through, through training my mind through to getting present and through just being like you know, open and paying attention to these little, these little things in life that present themselves from time to time, like pay attention to me. It's like, Oh, wow. Something to pay attention to here. Um, through this, like following this kind of internal guidance, you can call it. I, I was sitting at a at a restaurant in in Phuket at this. It's called Soi Taid. It's this this street that it's it's um, Muay Thai gyms, so Thai boxing. It's bodybuilding gyms. It's CrossFit gyms, and then there are these little booths that that sell protein shakes. And then there are restaurants and and pharmacies. That's kind of everything that's that's on the street, and hotels, of course. And so I was sitting at one of these, these restaurants and this was in 20. Yeah. This was just before I met you actually, this was a couple of months before I met you. Yeah. So this was in December in 2017, uh, just after the bull run of Bitcoin. Um, so sitting on this restaurant and I'm eating and then I look to my left and there's this guy working on a Mac. And, and I just see like initial coin offering on this PDF that he has. And I'm kind of joking with him. It's like, yeah, yeah, man, you're running a cryptocurrency. He's like, actually, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm building a resort and I want to have a token, and this token system and pull it into a global thing. And then he starts showing me this pitch deck. And I'm like, okay, wow, this is, this is really cool. Like what he is putting together is, is it's amazing. Like it's, with the right people and and kind of like a, a solid a solid business idea um, business model behind it, this this can become huge. And so I, I was just so inspired by what he was showing me on this deck that I was like, I want to be part of this. I can contribute with you know my background from the monastery, working in teams and working with the mind. And so he wrote me in as an advisor um, on his deck. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> that was an interesting experience. And uh, I had my friend traveling with me at the time as well. We were walking out of there kind of like, you know, in a zigzag pattern of like, what what just happened here? <laughs> <laughs> like there's such an energy exchange that was happening. They're like, both of us like, what the fuck was that? And And I didn't think more about it until like two days later when I met Kevin again at the same restaurant. I was like, dude, 
this is this is amazing are you for real he's like yeah yeah i'm for real i built you know and, and this this project that he was showing me was a was a um a eco resort global like a global eco resort system and and he was starting off with this with this one resort on an island called koyanoi in in the phuket bay um and and so he's like yeah i'm for real <laughs> i've already built four bungalows out there um do you want to go check it out i was like yeah man sure so I packed our bags, um, jumped on a speedboat, and then went out there. And there are these like these four cocoon bamboo roof bungalows in the middle of this like used probably used to be a a rubber plantation. You know, it's just a lot of like uh, I'm not sure how many acres like small piece of land you know you can you can fit 20 bungalows on there if you wanted to use all the space but there's these four bungalows there and, and nothing else <laughs> like this is so cool man um let's let's do more of this and um so i sent him i made some money off of bitcoin during the bull run i sent that to him as an investment to support him and then i said like we have this piece of land in norway i want to go talk to the landowner and, and kind of see if we maybe can move like an artesian location there as well. And, and so I'm like, and he's like, okay, cool. Th thank you. And, and I jumped on the plane, went up there and started doing all this work there and, and kind of like set, uh, set up a company to, to start getting a, a um, like all the paperwork into the municipality and all this stuff to, to get, um, Kind of like the, the 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 legal foundation for for like if if we were to set up a artesia location there, and um, he came to visit, um, and then a couple of months later, like Kevin and me went to Africa Burn. That's 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 also your that was your ride out into the desert, I I presume. Um, exactly. As well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd met Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Kevin is great, and one of those guys that everyone's like, oh yes, I remember when I met Kevin. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I met him probably within a matter of weeks of when you did, um, but out here in Australia and mm -hmm. I met him at some kind of like cryptocurrency meetup sort of event, uh, and got a little bit of the gist of what he was working on, like only slightly. Um, but he was clearly extremely busy and <laughs> doing a lot of the time. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, I think I saw him again a couple months later at another one of those events and he'd met you and other people and suddenly what had been a smaller idea was like yeah now there's this guy from norway and it was like how did all of this happen in six weeks like what yeah. is happening um yeah. and yeah and he was heading to africa burn i think like maybe a week or a week and a half later it was like do you want to mm -hmm. come i'm like yeah if you're inviting me i'm definitely going to go to that <laughs> right He's yeah like yeah there's yeah. going to be all these like all these bit like Kevin had been very quickly meeting a lot of people in the crypto space and, and stuff because he's working on this amazing uh, project. And yeah. and he's like, yeah, this is going to be this whole camp of all these, you know, blockchain people from, from all over the place. And yeah, do you want to come? I'm like, yes. So, yeah. and then, so when we're talking about, you know, watching life, like things just show up and kind of just watching things happen and having that kind of observer spot, um, we're kind of observing things accelerate a lot at that time and mm -hmm. you know and there's so many people at the camp there who were just like okay uh wow i didn't really expect to be here a week ago but yeah um, yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 amazing how like regardless of what you want to believe in or or like call it but to me it feels like there is there is some some greater intelligence that has some plan you know, because like the, the, the amount of synchronicities happening and the people, you know, reflecting the same experience, getting into, into a, you know, in, into one geographical location like Africa burn or, or at these Ortigia locations or, you yeah. know, you and eating all over the world. It's like there, to me, it's so apparent that there is something that is guiding the way because like all of the good stuff in life that that has happened it's 
like the really good stuff is stuff that I had, I couldn't have planned. But if I look at it in retrospect, the amount of preparation, if mm. someone were to plan this, the amount of preparation required to make something happen like this, it's like either it's, it's just extreme luck and chance or it's some, what, what I, won, I would want to call like a divine orchestration behind it. And, um, and so, so, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think this is like, this is really that experience that people are looking for, like this, you know, feel like you're being taken care of and like there's purpose in life and that there, that like, there is a meaning with things. There is a meaning with things that are happening that we're not just drifting around in a sea of meaninglessness and then sometimes have fun. You know, there is a way to look at the world and, and look at life through an experience of, of, you know, it's like everything's going to be okay. Everything is taken care of. Maybe not the way that I imagine, but if I allow myself to step into an experience of life and being guided by this internal knowing and recognition of what invitation to say yes to, like you were saying with Kevin, like, okay, well, something tickles inside about this invitation and so I'm going to go here. You know, if we pay attention to that, and, and these things really become apparent through like the allowance to be present and trusting. If we pay attention to that, then it's pretty guaranteed that you're going to have a miraculous life experience. And, and that's really what, what my life has been and, and how I work with people and, and, and like helping them getting into this, this experience that they're looking through usually through, you know, attaining something through a, a career or through relationships or like all these outside things that you believe would give you what you're looking for that you have concluded is definitely not inside of me because I'm lacking. This is a belief, you know, and this belief creates an experience that reflects on the outside, you know, that lack is truth. And then to use these tools that I learned through the monastery to bring the attention back to what's actually the underlying belief here that is causing this experience. And when this can be looked at and released, then it's like when, the, then, then that's just when these synchronicities start flowing in, in like in rapid speed and acceleration, like you were saying before. Yeah. Like over the last couple of years, um, as things were kind of accelerating and opportunities, kind of those synchronicities were kind of accelerating. And I feel like, that's been such an interesting shared experience for so many people around the world who've been getting into the Web3 and crypto and various adjacent, whatever you want yeah. to call those industries. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that it was to such an extent that uh, it became a running thing, like see you in the next city. Like you just have friends from around the world and you would just see them at the next international summit event, hackathon, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that just kept happening. And, you know, I, I think it was early February, possibly last year. Um, and we both went to a conference in Bangkok, um, yeah. that I was working with <laughs> and Kevin was there as well. Um, yeah. and various, quite a few other friends were there. It was a lot of fun that week. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I forget how it happened, but like, basically I was working with the conference on, um, community and social sort of things. And, I basically had had a space like uh, somehow contacted you like, yeah, dude, you should come out to Bangkok. Blah, blah. Kevin's coming mm -hmm. now. And you're like, yep, no worries. Boom. I'll get on a plane. And you were there like less than 24 <laughs> hours later. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that. That, that was one of the patients that you're like, okay, where I was at in my life at that point, you know, I was, I was in a job right then where I had a commitment and um, I, I, didn't have a lot of like I didn't have a lot of liquidity and and you're like you're inviting me to go to Bangkok I was in Norway you know this is a just a plane ticket alone is going to be quite a lot and um and so but when this tickle is there you know it's like something about this invitation resonates I have to go then it's like okay well if that tickle is there then I know that like the 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 means to get there the, the money for the plane ticket, the accommodation, all of these things will be taken care of and and it will create a greater experience for me. And it's important for me to pay attention to to this, you know, the, the invitation, so to speak, 
regardless of if it comes from inside or seemingly outside. And, and so like, and, and the funny thing is like, I, I, I found an, a plane ticket and, you know, I got on the air, airport in Oslo and, and I was, I, this was a standby ticket actually. And he's, and the guy in the counter is looking at me. He's like, I can't guarantee you that you'll make it to Bangkok. <laughs> I was like, why is that? Well, the plane is, the plane is fully booked and, and, um, can't guarantee you that you can fly out of Helsinki to Bangkok, but you can fly from Oslo to Helsinki and try your luck. You know, you're kind of like, Oh shit. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to pray. I'm going to really feel into this. Like, what is the next step? And there was nothing inside of me that, that told me to turn around. You know, there's all this doubt on the surface. There are all this angst around it. But when I sat down and really sank into the present moment, then, then it was very apparent, like get on the plane. You know, I was like, Oh shit, I better follow this one. So I got on the plane, I get to Helsinki and, and I'm standing at the counter and, and the lady's like, it is full. I was like, I know. <laughs> She's like, okay, well just stand here, you know, and I'm standing there and, and I'm facing all of the stuff inside. That's like, you know, all the thoughts, all the chatter about what if I don't get on the plane, you know, and then the feelings of unworthiness and whatever shame and blah, 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 all this stuff that like really all this stuff that was coming up in me. And it was, it was really strange because I hadn't like, you know, it's been a while since I had this, this amount of like stuff moving up and through me. And, and then I got really peaceful. Like I just let all this stuff move through and I got really peaceful. I was like, I'm okay, no matter what. And, and then this lady looks at me that's standing behind the counter and she's like, I have something for you. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, yeah, I'm getting on the plane. And not only did I get on the plane, but I also got a business class upgrade. So I got to fly business class from Helsinki to, to Bangkok. And then I, I came to Bangkok and then, you know, you had a room ready for me and everything. And, and, and it was, for me, it was such a powerful experience of, of this, what to me is apparent cause and effect of like, okay, well, if I remove these limiting beliefs, these fears and these doubts, and I allow myself to trust like really the resonance of life, like this, the following that invitation, then I, I will not only be taken care of, but it will be even better than I thought it could be, you know, and, and this business class upgrade was such a, such a um, witness to, to my state of mind that was, that was happening there and that I've been cultivating for so many years. It's amazing. My, from my point of view in that exchange, I, I think either got a shuttle bus or drove from Byron up north a couple hours or something to Brisbane, flew from there to Bangkok, get in the cab, get to the hotel where the conference is going to be and where we're staying. And then I like check into the room and right there, my phone rings and you're calling me and you're like, Hey dude, I think I'm going to come to Bangkok. Um, have you got a place that I can stay? I'm like, uh, yeah, I got here five minutes ago and found out that they booked me into a double room right? like by accident. <laughs> so yeah, I totally have a place you can stay. It was like, all right, yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah, I remember we even we even got to see, what was it, like one of the princesses of, ba of Thailand yeah. walking through the lobby and like there's all these, all these fun synchronicities that was happening that weekend. Yeah, that experience was kind of amazing. I think it, yeah, it was the Princess of Thailand, and so we're in the we're in this big fancy hotel where the thing was happening, and all these police and uh, army guys come in. Where or like the police who have those like sort of round helmet things, they look like military police kind of. And uh, and I was wearing a Rage Against the Machine T-shirt, <laughs> which just had the outline of a guy raising a fist. I'm like, this shirt is not good to wear right now. <laughs> I'm just standing there with like a Starbucks coffee. It was a wild right. scene. Yeah, we yeah, we just got Starbucks. We're walking in there and then, you know, all these police people come in, they they line the the foyer of the of the hotel and then it gets quiet and then the queen walks. Now the, the princess walks through. She she walks in and then everything cleans out of there again and then everything back to normal. It's like such a like a scene out of a movie. Like oh it's amazing. Oh yeah, and she showed up in what I remember to be a giant gleaming gold, like super armored car in, in right, a, in yeah. a convoy kind of thing. Right, right, yeah. 
Damn. And we're also, you know, cru- cruising around <laughs> in Bangkok. There was that um, shopping center across the block that just had loads of Ferraris and all kinds of things parked out front. And it was like this gleaming white elephant that had hardly anyone shopping in there, but they were the most expensive stores possible in the city, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Fun experience. Yeah, thank you for that invite. I, uh, I uh, It kind of slipped my mind, but it's, it's fun to kind of recall these things again. That was a fun one. And then so... I think it was a few months after that we ended up uh, up at uh, Artesia in in Thailand. And from your first trip out there, when there were like four bungalows, like the overall construction of the place had expanded a whole bunch by then. Um, and I think you had had a hand in some of that construction and and whatnot. Um, not so much in the physical, because I wasn't allowed to to work in Thailand. Um, but yeah, when when we got when we met back in at Jayen at that Artesia location in on Koh Anoi, um, this was a few. He had had like the time before that I had seen it. Then they were building more bungalows and a restaurant. And then we got there um, a few months after that uh, conference in Bang- Bangkok. We um, we had a finished resort there. And uh, yeah, that that was a lot of fun. I remember we were we were driving around in your, your um, sidecar scooter and and talking about ideas that you know like coaching coaching teams and and working with executives and this kind of stuff. And you know, I could feel at that point when we when we were talking about like you know what what could we do in the future and and this the, like this to coach teams um, was really something that resonated for me and, and actually something that showed up for me as well through, you know, some, some synchronicities that were happening along the way as well. So um, yeah, that was good times as well. Yeah. Well, you've been doing quite a lot of interesting work in that now, like working, yeah, working with teams and also the work you've been doing with Balazs and, and Chris uh, <laughs> over the last short while maybe three to six months or whatever it's been maybe could you introduce who those guys are what they're up to and um yeah the various locations and and kind of work you've been doing with people right so um balaj and chris are friends of mine um that i met through i met balaj first he is a he's a one of like really one of the best tattoo artists in the world and um there's so much background here, so we could probably spend like two hours just on that, but I'm, I'm going to cut that short. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm going to cut it a little bit short. And um, um, a friend of mine from LA called me out and, and she said like, hey, I have this guy who does tattoos and he wants to go to a cabin in Norway and, and tattoo me. And, and so I was like, yeah, we can do that at our cabin. We got on a call and everything was good. And... So this is in March in 2019, March 2019, um, Balaj, his girlfriend, his videographer, uh, Azria from LA and her videographer all came to the cabin in Norway. And this was like, I've, I've had a lot of these meetings where like I met with Balaj and, and we're, we're standing in a pharmacy because he needs some stuff for his tattooing, like antiseptic, like wipes and this kind of stuff. And so he asked me, he's like, what do you do? I was like, well, um, I work with like, with healing. I coach people. I, you know, do some energy work and advisory and this kind of stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I don't need healing. Probably a lot of people that do, but I don't. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> this will be an interesting week. <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, I can clearly hear there's some, there's some level of resistance here or some like, you know, connotations with what healing means. And, and, you know, a lot of people have this where they like, you know, I think they, that healing means that you're healing something that's broken and that's not really what it is. It's just more of like getting back into your natural state of flow in the present moment. And, and so we, we spent a few days at the, at the cabin there. And I think about like three days into it, um, we're having dinner and then Balaj is like, I can't eat. I have such a bad headache. Like I was like, try to eat a little bit. Um, because if you have a bad headache and I haven't seen you eat all day and you know, <laughs> if you have drinking or eating, like have some food. He's like, ah, I can't. I was like, okay, well I have this massage table. 
go lay on it and then I'm going to give you an energy work session. <laughs> you know? And, and, and it's, it's funny because it's like when, even when like your, your, your mind is calling for a deepening and experience or healing or letting go of something, like you might not be cognitively aware of it, but something inside is like, you know, I need help, but I won't allow myself to ask for help. And this creates this enormous amount of tension this is really where he was at at the point, you know, I was like, okay, well go, go lay down. I'm going to do some energy work with you. And, and so he laid down and, and I started doing my work, you know, and he's like, Whoa, what's happening? To me? And, and all these like emotions are flowing through him and, and this, all these memories and all this stuff, like just starts moving through him. I think we sat there for like, like three, three and a half hours. And, and this is like late at night and, and, you know, he's like, wow, I'm so I feel so light. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about what was going on and setting some context around it. And, and then the next day he wakes up and he's just like smiling. He's like, I can't remember feeling like this is, I was like six years old. What did, what did you do to me? What happened? And, and, and like my reply is just like, you know, it's, it's I'm really just, all I'm doing is supporting him in, in really finding his way back into himself, you know, and, and so he had all these questions and there's, you know, it's like this week of, of him tattooing Asria and asking all of these questions, you know, and really like, like pulling all these, these things out of me. And, and then he's like, you know, this, this experience that he had, he has this vision that like, he wants to share this with his clients because it's like, he, he was working in the stressful environment at bang bang in, in, uh, in New York. And like the clients are coming in, there's loud music and he has to shout at the client because he can't understand what they want. And, you know, it doesn't get to know them and, and all this stress, you know, and, and for him, like creating art, like he's doing and permanently marking people is it's such a, you know, it's, it's, it's his expression of, of truth, so to speak, like to let these amazing tattoos channel through. And then, and then the execution that he does is just, you know, it's amazing. And, and so like, he felt like tattooing has to be more than screaming at your clients in a loud, in a loud, uh, tattoo shop. It's, it's really about transformation. And, and so he's like, I want to provide what you did with me for my clients. And so we started talking about this possibility of doing something together of like setting up, like him having clients, me doing my work with them and, and, you know, like creating a, a joint experience like that. And, and so we kind of talked about this for three, four months. And, and then he was in Southeast Asia and he's like, Hey, we could go to Bali. We could do this now. You know, I was like, sure, man, <laughs> let's go to Bali. And then he happened to have this, this other friend, um, Chris, uh, Christopher King, who is a, he is a movement practitioner. Uh, he has studied with Ido Portal he has many years of like normal fitness and then he has a, a degree in um, Chinese medicine. He does acupuncture like he's a top notch, one of the best like body workers I have ever met in my life. And, and so he was in Vietnam at the time and we all get on a call. I'm in LA, he's in Vietnam and Balaj is in Cambodia and you're like, okay, do we want to do this together? You know, it's like, if we do this together, um, what do we want to have out of it? Like, what's the experience that we want to, that we want to have? And we all set intentions and we're like, okay, cool, let's do this. So we fly into Bali. Um, we announced this thing on Balaja's Instagram. And I think within a week we had seven clients booked for the month. So we all fly into Bali, the clients come in and, and this is like when we're like, okay, well, how do we do this? You know, it's like, because I have never, I've never curated an experience like this for, for a client, you know, in collaboration with other facilitators like Chris and Balaj. And, and so it was really like, like, again, this is like, like trusting, trusting that the tickle inside and the inspiration will lead the way and to show up with, with this, this understanding that um, if that tickle is there, then the means it will be provided. And, and so we had these clients come in and, and I set the, I kind of set the framework for them. You know, it's like, we're here to, you know, this is really about transformation. This is about, you know, you, you're, you're walking 
out of this experience a different human, not only visually, but also energetically, because we will all like imprint a mark and, and change together. You know, it's like the client is changing us through their receiving and, and we're changing them. You know, there is, there's so much exchange going on. And, and so it really like the feedback that we got from the clients that like they're getting a tattoo, they're getting healing work and, and coaching and energy work with me. And then like body work and movement um, practices with Chris and, and like, they're going out of there in like two to three days. They're like, Holy shit, my entire life has changed. And, um, and so it was, it was, that was such a beautiful experience to see what like, a collaborative venture can how it can impact um, a person, you know, and, and change a trajectory. And um, so we've, we've done that. We did it first in Bali. And then we had a, another one in, we did it between Crete and Norway. And then Balaj and I have done this in, in Norway as well. So we, we're, we're planning on doing this like once or twice a year, getting three to four clients and um and take them through an experience like this yeah i really like how you frame that around the the combination of the curation of an experience like this and the impact that that can have on a person and amazing to think of the combined knowledge and expertise of the three of you guys all zeroing in like light prisms on one person yeah. who just comes out like what the hell <laughs> that was three days what the hell is happening yeah. yeah yeah i don't know like you know it's like one person getting that much attention and care from someone you know yeah. it's like someone who is deeply interested in in nurturing and caring for their mind another one who's deeply deeply interested and not only interested but also capable of, of caring for their body and then another one who is you know making a visual piece of art that's that's curated based on the person you know it's not like we don't like Balaj doesn't come up with a with a concept and it has all these like he just slaps it on there it's like it's really who is this person that we're meeting and 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 growing with together and and his way of expressing that is really through the art like really through it's like what is a tattoo that we can make for this person that can really you know, capture their essence, but also the essence of this transformation. And uh, uh, just, it's been mind blowing to see the the artwork that's coming through this, and and also the like how like how the client is shifting and changing with this experience. You know, and and I've tracked a lot of them like through through this this time period afterwards, and you know, it's like pe people the really the people that showed up for the transformation that that chose to really go for it they really got something out of it too and um you know and, and it's beautiful to see like the the capacity for change that that a human has when when we have the right tools and the right attitudes to change doing it in amazing spaces as well like bali is is a great uh place but i'm thinking as well to what the experience must have been like uh, when you guys teamed up and did work out in Norway. And I had <laughs> the privilege to, to go there um, September last year, I think it was. And I mean, that space is just absolutely astonishing. I've never, never experienced anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. We have a cabin on the fjord um, between some massive mountain ranges in, in Northern Norway. And um yeah, summertime, it's 24 hours of light. And then in the winter, it's completely dark. But then we have northern lights as well. So it's it's really like this to to bring people out of their their normal set and setting, you know, their normal default life to to like interrupt their their pattern so that we can like from a observer perspective, look at their life, you know, in a setting that's just like blows your mind. And, and you become very open. You know, you become very open to, to, to looking at, it's like, is the way I'm living my life really serving me? Or are there some things that I could change that can have an even better experience? And, and yeah, to do this in these, like, in these magical places like Bali or on Crete was amazing as well. And, and Norway where it's like, it's, it's not your normal day to day. And, and so it's like this, this whole, whole um 
mix of curating and experience like this is yeah it's extremely powerful and, and it's just it's such an honor to to um to get to facilitate something in 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 my life you know when when i was back on the oil rigs 10 years ago i had no idea what what my life could be and what it would turn out to be you know i had never i'd never imagined that i could meet people and impact people the way i do today like I was like, I'm working on an oil rig. I'm, I'm stemming pipes into the ground. I don't know anything about change work, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's quite amazing what, like what a life can be once we like allow ourselves to actually go for the experience rather than, you know, functioning from the conclusion and, and judgments of who I am and who I'm not. For people curious, uh, to work with you or to experience something like, um, what you've been doing with Balage and Chris and these kinds of things, how can they find you in the world? How can they uh, experience something like that? Yeah, I mean, I work with in different capacities. So the, the work that I do with, with uh, Balage and Chris, um, we have a email list that, that we get people on. Um, it's, I, I, can, I can get you on there through just contacting me directly, but I work in different capacities. So the, the main part of my work is really one-on-one -on -one work with people, um, like, like more of a, a long-term mentoring or, or coaching, healing work, what, whatever you want to define it as, um, to, to like support you in whatever you're doing to get into more of an experience of the present moment or flow or, or you know, just <laughs> being happy. And, and having peace and contentment in life rather than always chasing it. And, um, and so, yeah, I work with, with people one-on-one -on -one in that, help them facilitate whatever it is that they need in order to have that as their sustained experience. And then I have also experience with working with, um, with startup teams to kind of get their communication flowing and, and non-mentoring there. But yeah, I think all of the information you can find on on my website. Um, maybe maybe if you can link to it, Nick, because my my name is uh, my name is spelled uh, my first name and last name are spelled in a way that's not necessarily easy to hear, so it's easier to click on the link. Oh yeah, like one one final thing to round out with, like what what has it been like over the last six months or so, like working with some of these startup teams? What aspects of that? Like, uh, I, I know, I feel like I, I know you reasonably well. And so I, uh, I can see why you would, uh, enjoy facilitating for people and allowing for teams to work more efficiently, more conducively, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what, what's been some experiences in that that have been really, uh, satisfying for you? Um, really what's satisfying is when we show up week after week and there is a continuation and, and kind of like the ability to track someone over time that when they had an issue with, let's say one way or communication in a certain way between two people that completely has vanished and, and now it flows easier. Like that's something that's, that's been really, really, really enjoyable. And, and also like for like some feedback that I got from uh, some of the team members where it's just, they they are no longer doubting or second guessing themselves and they're so in a state of flow with work and everything comes really really easy to them because this all this this chatter in the mind is is either gone or very quiet and irrelevant and and to just like you know get that feedback from someone that that they have more ease in their life um based on the conversations that we had and the, and the reframings that we've done and, and the work that we've done, it's, it's so, you know, it's, it's so rewarding, the rewarding for me in, in, in that it's like, you know, it's the effects are like, you feel them immediately, but really they take time to integrate and, and to see that and to be part of be part of that and to be trusted by people to, to, like be allowed into their mind and, and, and the honesty that it requires for people and the, and the vulnerability that it requires for people. And, and, you know, this, this being received in this way. And, and it's such an honor for me to, to work with people. And then when it, you know, when it really pays off and they just get happier and happier and have more ease 
it's uh, it's it's a cherry on top. <laughs> well, dude, you're one of my favorite people. You're a legend. I look forward to welcome welcoming you back onto the show uh, every now and then, seeing how things continue to uh, evolve on your side as no doubt they will. Um, bef before I let you go, I'd like to ask you one final thing around um, for us right now in this interesting time um, that w we're in, what what would be a few like uh, potentially easy to action tips um, to stay on point and in fairly good condition mm -hmm. right now? Um, some combination, uh, I can assume of like physical fitness, potentially some meditation, you know, what are some practices that you kind of use daily that might be you know cool for people to to try yeah. on i'm really happy you asked me um, um i think like one of the most powerful tools that i'm using is the question of what else is possible you know it's like like pay attention to how you feel notice how your mind what's happening in your mind like get aware of that and then notice when your mind starts concluding like, oh, this is going to go bad or this is going to happen this way or whatever. Whatever the conclusion is around, like, when you start feeling heavy in your life, you know, and ask this question, what else is possible? And just a simple question of, of like, asking not to figure out or analyze all the possibilities, but to shift in a direction of a different possibility than the one that you concluded that's making you feel like shit. <laughs> This question is going to open so many doors for you, and and to to use that, it's like yeah, what else is possible, you know? And then when you kind of start writing with that a little bit, maybe even throw in the question of like, how does it get even better than this, you know? To like shift away from a stuck position into a position of of looking for possibilities, of being open to possibilities, and then leaping higher in your mind of like, how does it get better than this? I think. I think that in itself, in addition to like practicing meditation, really stillness meditation, I think is very good. Like stillness meditation and anything that gets you practice, like gets you present. Um, I think I think that that would be the like the number one tip, quote unquote, I could give to to people. Like that. Visit voyagemedia.xyz for more content from this episode with links to Shatan's website, which is also linked below in the description and more from this episode. Subscribe to Voyager on your podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Send us a message and let us know what you thought of this episode. I'm at Nick underscore Hollands on Twitter. We'll be back again soon talking about Web3, creative works, tech, crypto, the counterculture, music, and the future. Thank you for listening.